Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, Head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. Welcome to Tales with TR. This is episode 179A. And I am Terry Ryan Jr., your host. Thanks for tuning in today from beautiful Sudbury. I'm coming to you from beautiful Sudbury, Ontario. This will be the third day of shooting for Shorzy. We got two in the bag. And I can... uh, tell you this that uh, you don't really know till it obviously lands on tv and post-production and all that but it was pretty tough to get through the first few scenes without absolutely roaring laughing um so i hope it i hope it uh projects that way to the viewers in a few months i'm guessing it's going to come out in the spring knowing jared kiso he'll time it with the nhl playoffs and i hope people are enjoying it uh, the feedback seems to be all right so far for Shorzy season two. And listen, uh, so I'm aware that uh, I got a—I don't have a great connection in my hotel room. Um, so apologies for that. Today I'm going to go get a uh, cable, uh, and uh, major thing make uh, uh, right now. I'm going on wireless, and uh, because of. Unforeseen circumstances, I couldn't really do much about that. I was going to do this from a uh, kind of an isolated room downstairs, a computer room no one ever uses. I set it up with the front desk, and I 
went down there and I just couldn't, I couldn't get any reception or I couldn't get, my Wi-Fi was horrible. So I came back up here. I'm going to do it this way. And again, apologies for me. It's showing pure clarity, but, uh, I listened to parts of the last one. And like I said, I apologize. So anyway, yeah, it's great so far. I'm, I'm loving it. A lot of people uh, send messages, you know, how is it so far on, on Shorzy? And a lot of people ask, you know, I don't see Jared in many of your pictures. Well, Jared's real, a like Jared, is real busy. He he writes this like most of it himself. You know, he's very hands-on. It's all out of his head. Um, this isn't like <clears throat> what's the word? All out of his head is a really dumb way to put it. The way I understand Jared's a hockey player. Uh, he played. I know that he thought about this show for a long time. So you know, when, when we come in, he comes to town a couple weeks before we do. You know, he's writing all the time before that. But when he comes here, rewrites, you know, setting up stunts, locations, all those things. And he's got a wife and kid that uh, come here with him. We're all in the hotel, right? And I understand that everybody wants a piece of Jarrett, so I'm not in his face with the camera all the time. You know, and I also, I've never talked about it with him, but he's not on social media. So there must be a reason for that. He never says no when we take pictures and stuff, but I also know to keep. Mm. Yeah, I definitely need a. Uh, I need a wired connection. Anyway, so I've had uh, here's some questions. First one, Tommy from Alnick. <clears throat> Who did your dad play for? Okay, so I'm guessing you mean hockey. There, so he played baseball as well in Newfoundland. Um. And uh, I assume you mean, well, I mean, like every team. First of all, Tommy, I love you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. But there's Google for stuff like this, right? That's what I mean. I get like thousands of messages. And who did your dad play for could be avoided. <laughs> right? Terry Ryan Sr., boom, you got the answer. Anyway, professionally, his highest team that he played on was Minnesota Fighting Saints. Um and that was in the WHA, which was a rival league of the NHL back in the day. He was drafted in the, to the NHL in the second round, nonetheless. Uh, and, well, I guess third round. Now it would be second, 44th overall. And um, But he chose the WHA um, because basically they paid for the rest of his schooling and gave him a better contract, way better, like three times as much, and a car. And he went there and led the league in shorthanded goals in his first year. And that was uh, his big claim to fame because he came home shortly after. And to be a teacher and to get to get it known, his family had a degree. So to get a degree was his goal. Went back and did that. Where did he play? Junior Hamilton for the Hamilton Red Wings. Um, and again, I don't mean to be sarcastic, Tommy, my man, but uh, you didn't need me for that, the answer to that question. Um What's the weather like in Sudbury? Yeah, that's the next one. Um, so that comes from Sally. Um, Sally, that's another one, right? There's uh, phones, there's computers, and there's Google. Uh, what's the weather like in Sudbury? I don't know where you're writing this from. Sudbury's in Canada. Um, Canada tends to adapt with the seasons, each season. I don't know where the hell you are. <laughs> But, uh, you know, winter, summer, spring, fall, we have a changing of the seasons into a typical Canadian uh, 
year involves snow, sun, hot, cold, sleet, hail, wind, rain, whatever, you name it. The weather in Sudbury, I don't know, this time of year, it's Canada. It's cold. Uh, <clears throat> Nathaniel, by the way, Nathaniel, I got to this question. It's an easy one. What was it like playing in Gander? Look, and I, I, I meant to answer that a while back, Nathaniel. What was it like? He's asking me about Gander Flyers in Gander, Newfoundland, in the, in the Newfoundland Senior League. It was fucking awesome, man. It's a nice little community. Treats their. Uh, it was awesome playing for the Gander Flyers. Like I said, treat their players well, well there. Uh, it's a Newfoundland. It's kind of like what I'm playing here fictionally. Ted Hitchcock's playing on the Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs. Um, you know, the quote-unquote whale shit hockey and the no-show, the Northern Ontario Senior Hockey Association or organization. But in Newfoundland, we played senior hockey. There's imports. There's money being paid, of course, because rinks tend to be uh, more full than not. Of course, COVID slowed that down now, and not every team back there is flying on all cylinders. But for the most part, especially when I played in Gander six years ago, and my buddy Aaron Asham, on Spitting Chicklets this week, by the way. He came over and played. Uh, Jordan Escott's my buddy. He plays on the Growlers now. Good for him. Mike Dyke. Um, Brett Shute. You know, I had a lot of uh, buddies. Wes Welch. It was a good memory. We didn't win. Grand Falls were a juggernaut. I believe Grand Falls won the Allen Cup, if not that year, the next year, being the Newfoundland or the Canadian Senior Hockey Championship guys, right? So that's pretty – I mean, it's a semi-pro level. And we lost to them in, in six games. It was a good battle, but uh, it's a great memory. Not all of my best hockey memories end in winning the championship. Um, yeah, they say it's all about winning. And as a player and competitor, it's a good motto to go by. You know, kind of should be mostly about winning. But in the end, you realize it's about friendships and relationships. Um, how do you tackle, you know, uh, problems as a team? And you might not win that final game or the final round. But you've done something to overcome something usually on the way there. right? So, yeah, it not only was that fun, that was one of the best years I've had uh, for many, many reasons. Love the town. My dad played for the Grander Flyers. I believe it's the only team that I ever played for that he played for. Uh, so even though it's senior hockey, it was uh, and having Aaron Asham there which is not only my good buddy, but my dad's as well. Seemed really appropriate. Um, okay. Wait, 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 da, 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 see any good movies? Okay. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I've talked about on here how if you follow pop culture, music and movies, it'll often give you a good idea of what was happening at the time culturally, right? So I did a course. Like I said, I have a folklore degree, right? People ask me what that is. I have a folklore English degree. It's a double major. They call that. It's from the. It's a Bachelor of Arts. Why did I get it? I was just going to go on and be a school teacher, right? And Newfoundland is a real one of the best folklore departments in the world. So it seemed appropriate that I was five minutes away from the school. I was driving there every day. Whereas, it, and folklore is a lot of history, right? Because that's what you're studying. Like, everything's kind of folklore. But, you know, I was more stories, traditions, artifacts, the symbolism in, with, with, you know, artifacts that communities would keep over the years. I don't know. If you found a hockey stick a thousand years from now and look, you know, it would tell a lot about Canada, for example. Um, if you were to listen to, 
music, just even in Newfoundland in the 90s or Great Big Sea or whatever, you'd have an idea, a little tiny window into that culture, right? So I liked the superstitions in hockey. I liked just some key things that I studied, uh, not just hockey, sports. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed the history of popular music, if you can't tell, and movies. Uh, the history of nursery rhymes. Like, a lot of people now, you know how we say, you know, everybody's going woke, and, and there is a degree of truth to a lot of that, but they might say, you know, I think that I, I, like, I could be wrong. I don't want to be researching this all morning because it's not the point, but didn't they like cancel Cat in the Hat or something? Right? I, I think something. I don't know if there was a racist puppets or, or, or racist characters, maybe. Maybe the black ones were um, treated... I, I can't remember, so I'm not going to speculate, but I know that something... But first of all, just before... I agree that too many things are getting cancelled being by people are getting taken to task for things that happened a long time ago and the culture was different. But like the cat in the hat, just a little note, that's not really being canceled. That's just a private company doing what they want to do. Do you understand that? Because I get a lot, I talk about that a lot. I, I'm with you. Like I'm, I'm an open-minded person. I, I often talk about like say politically being somewhere in the middle. And I, you know, there's extremes. I, I do agree in equal rights and all that. And, that if people get offended, you know, why not do something about that? I'm not the one being offended. But I'm just pointing out that companies like, like say, Aunt Jemima, that's, a, that's not the government telling them. That's not anybody suing them. They're not, they're not being canceled because of that. Or the cat in the hat or things like that. That's whoever owns the cat in the hat, the rights to all that, looking back and saying maybe – this deserves a change. It could be someone put them up to it, but if it's the government or they get lose their job or something, someone loses their job because of an opinion they had 40 years ago, that's different. That's what I... I mean, if you're a private company, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do, right? But anyway, in any case, the where we are now, and I guess the last few years, there's a lot of that change, and you go like, well, fuck, man, like it's never going to be the same. Well, it was the same kind of thing with these nursery rhymes. So the Grimm brothers, the Grimm's brothers, the Grimm brothers in the like 1850s or something, like they wrote, I believe, I know Little Red Riding Hood, but uh, there's a few more. You can tell, like Hansel and Gretel, I think Cinderella, you know what I mean? You can tell those like fairy tales that there's a prince and there's a girl that wants to be the princess usually something like that Hansel and Gretel there's or or there's a witch or there's a wolf right well like Little Red Riding Hood the original writing of that was for adults as they sat around a fire or whatever you know um shoot the shit didn't have to be around a fire I'm just that's what a lot of cultures did at night um but you know without radio without tv like 1850s there was a lot of writing and a lot of so when Disney I guess bought the rights and started producing those stories as films and lighten them up a lot. They were saying that too. People in the twenties and thirties were going, "Why are you going to pussify these fucking books?" Oh, now, can you imagine when they saw Snow White come out on cartoon? There was an overlap of people that were used to Snow White getting eaten by the wolf, right? And the fucking the wolf always put on the that 
granny suit, but the wolf originally ate the fucking girl, right? Uh, Hansel and Gretel, I believe, get boiled in the soup, like, and and the witch fucking eats them. Like, they, these don't have happy endings, right? So it's all cyclical. That's a, it really. I didn't open this podcast to talk about that. I'm just pointing that out that there's always going to be change and each group can look at another group, each era, each culture, and maybe frown on it, but you got to put yourself in that position. If you were human at that time, you'd be doing the same shit, right? Like right now, there's a thousand years from now and even a hundred years from now, people are going to look back to this and say, wow, you know, there are certain things um, that Probably, I I can't think of many. I can yeah, I, I can think of one. I might talk about it at the end, but you know what I'm saying. So anyway, when I look, so any movies lately? God, it's such a long way to the fucking answer when you're talking to me. So I started. I went back. I think I mentioned this about six months ago. I started watching the James Bond films. Like from I was just like all over. I didn't really do it in order, but I'm like you know these. There was 26 of them. When Die Another Day, was it? Or whatever the last one was. Uh, I went to see that and I made a point. Because I never really watched them. They might be out on a bus trip or something. I knew like Casino Royale. I think that was on a flight one time. And it wasn't bad. But I'm like, you know, James Bond is a big fucking kind of an icon in the culture. And I guess pop movie culture of, yeah, I guess the world. I mean, I don't really know, but he's British. The movies were produced in the States. That covers a lot. They make a ton. I'm assuming overseas maybe as well. I think he's worldwide. Anyway. But here's the thing. Like Now, the 60s, I want everybody to realize the 1960s, the further you go back, and I say in the 1900s, women were kind of, you know, like they only had the right to vote sometime in like the 1920s, I believe. It was either the 10s or 20s, which is insane if you think about it, right? That we weren't only all humans equal even like 150 years ago. This was what I mean. But if you go back, just side point again, I don't judge every man in 1900 as being an asshole because women couldn't vote. I guess it was something and it's grained in your head. You grow up, you know, I, I, I'm betting if you asked every single man, there must have been some that were like, yeah, that's stupid. But life went on for like, you know, thousands of fucking years. So like, I'm just saying. Anyway. Um, but then came like the 50s was like structuralist. Like the, the 30s was the depression, obviously. Then the 40s and 50s were like structures. Like leave it to Beaver. Like the man works. The industrial revolution was 50 years in now. A lot of men had jobs at factories. I don't even think women could go to war yet, right? Men were the military. Men were and not even straight men. Or, or, sorry, not even all men. Straight men. I believe in the 40s, 50s, women, and if you were gay, you couldn't get, I don't think, if you were gay, you'd probably get fucking lynched. But if you were, um, not saying deservingly, you know what I'm saying. Um, so, and, you know, leave it to beaver kind of thing, man. You know, you're, ideally you have a boy and a girl close to the same age, right? They come home from school. Mom's got the supper ready for the father. Y'all watch a show together. Go to fucking bingo and church on Sunday, whatever it is, right? But then in the 60s, and I often talk about, say, like the Beatles kind of and, and music and everything, like liberating people, which led to Woodstock and all that. But one big thing 
is in 1960, I don't know if people realize, contraception became legal, like women's birth control pill. I think it was 1960. This was all part of the courses I was doing. Like I'm, because it's all connected, right? So the um, what I'm saying is that I'm not talking out my ass. I don't have my computer over open researching, but I know that it was around then. Um, and that really was a big, that led to a lot of, you know, freedom, like feminist kind of, not all feminism is bad, by the way. And if you were fucking, women could do the exact same job and get, would get paid 30% less. You know, like I said, they were only started to vote like 20 and 30 years before that. So I'm guessing much like in the last few years, there probably, there's a bit of a vibe of resurgence. And I don't think it was just with women. It was black, white, it was minorities. It was, uh kids in general, you know, growing up and saying, you know, maybe we don't want to do this. Maybe we want to grow our hair long. Maybe we want to be hippies, right? You could see it happening. It unfolded. But that was a big part um, was the birth control pill, right? Gave women, freed them from unwanted pregnancy, gave them a little bit more freedom. Uh, more women than ever joined the paid workforce, right? Uh, wages started to change. So there were a lot of changes happening in the 1960s, right? That I'm get most of them should have happened. I don't know every single fucking cultural change, but that's what we do. We swing as a pendulum in society, and some things stick, some don't. Women, workplace, voting, birth control—that all stay stuck like it fucking should have. Now, <clears throat> what I'm saying is that, but the further you go back, you realize what a culture was like. So, I've I've often told you what I do with Penny Lane. We'll go back. And I'll say, like, okay, it's 1960, so let's watch this movie. And, like, well, I'm explaining that poorly. <coughs> let's take me teaching anybody else out of it. When I was in those classes, I remember one of our profs, Paul Smith, he actually coined the term urban legend, right? He's from somewhere in England. Fuck, he was about 80 at the time. Uh, so... Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Well, he's probably 70, so he's, I don't know, 80, 85 now. Um, that was only 10 years ago. When they go 09 to 13. Anyway, really interesting cat. But he was like, he used to tell me, he's like, I'm not just telling you to look at the story. Movie like Citizen Kane, okay? I believe that's 1939 or 1940 or 1941. So. And it's considered one of the best movies ever. A lot for the camera stuff. Like a, a, a lot, like much like I say, the Beatles in, innovated like rock and roll and music and everything. Um, and lots of bands did. I'm just using that as an example, of course, because I like the Beatles. But um, like Citizen Kane was equally as, there was a lot of things like three different cameras, the way you did the shots, the close-ups, right? There was There was a lot of, New things, but so, but and if you watch the movie, I don't want to give it anything away what happens either. But if you watch that movie, you'll pick up other things. It's not just what they're telling you at the time, it's 1939, and this is the plot. You're also, I don't know, say if a character wears blackface, a white guy playing a black person, right? But that has nothing to do with the movie, it just shows you that in the culture at that time, that was accepted. I'm not trying to say this as a good or a bad, I'm giving you objective reality. That's what happened. So you can study things. You can study Shakespeare's works, and you'll find out a lot about what life was like in the 14 and 1500s. And I guess some of what he wrote about was before that. But you know what I mean? It's 1600s. Um, 
you anyway you kind of get the idea right if you're li- again to use the beatles let's say you go from listening to the beatles right? let's take two hits love me do or please please me early ones that are kind of throwaway you know they're pop they're their backstreet boyish you know light fluff songs but they're hits and they wrote them and that was innovative in itself um but then you listen to all you need is love say another pretty basic song but listen to the instruments that how their evolution is now all of a sudden there's an orchestra there's almost like there's so many different layers to the song then you listen to like a day in the life you don't know that on the if you don't know that listen to it on sergeant pepper then you're like whoa this is fucking crazy that this came from love me do yeah that was the 60s right that came from that the beatles were together nine years basically the 60s and that so and, and if you listen to other bands their progression would be similar and it's not all from the beat like the beatles were boring from other things too and but you know when in 19 late 50s 60 you know elvis buddy holly the beatles were love me do kind of band right early stuff there's not much depth to it and then you just listen to the 60s progress that's what I mean. It's not what each song is about. It's just hearing the instrumentation and the way they're going about it tells you that in the 1960s, a lot of different musical in- innovations um, happened on the popular scene, at least, right? Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. With DraftKings, you can bet on any game you want. Whether you want to bet the puck line or the over-under, DraftKings has something for everybody. And if you want, you can throw down on your favorite player as an anytime goal scorer. Or if you're looking for a long-term bet, maybe you want to predict the Stanley Cup champion. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. So why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off. Yes, 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. You've probably heard me talk about some of Raycon's products on here before, like how great they are for listening to the Hockey Podcast Network or some of TR's music recommendations. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life or a perfect in-ear fit for all-day lasting comfort. 
And this past year, Raycon expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. The Raycon Home faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring that the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Or if you're looking for a great stocking stuffer, their 5-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices 8 times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of 5-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com THPN. So what I'm, what I'm saying is that it's funny to watch James Bond because the further back you go, it's almost funny how, I don't know what the word is. It's not chauvinistic. It's not misogynistic being both words, meaning like, I guess a little bit of a degrading attitude towards women, but I don't mean it in a degree, just the word is like, you know, it was like a, like, he is, James Bond is a man's man, right? And, like, it's like the Mad Men, ever see the show Mad Men? Like, in in that, that, that era of, you know, where the man was, like, the most important, right? Like, it's really silly, but I shouldn't say the most important either. I'm trying to articulate this the right way and be diplomatic, but you know what I mean. The further you go back, it's like these guys... The way they rolled is funny. So James Bond is like a character like that anyway. So anyway, I went back and I watched 1969. James Bond, I think there's 26 or 27 movies. And there's only one. This guy, George Lazenby, played James Bond for one film. And uh, it's called uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And... Connery, Sean Connery had played Bond for at least four or five before that. Dr. No from Russia with Love, uh, a couple more. So, and you know, like there was, like I said, there's a James Bond movie like last year, the year before, um, Daniel Craig. So they span a wide era. And you can learn a lot from watching the early ones as opposed to the late ones. So anyway, I'm watching this Lazenby guy. And again, I'm saying this objectively, okay? But it's just funny the way the – like because he just comes in like he right off the bat. Like the, 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 the movie opens. I forget because I wasn't paying attention for it. But like within minutes, he's in bed with a girl. Then like within seconds after that, like I guess in the movie, it goes to another scene. But immediately, and then he's with somebody else. And then he comes into his work, and what's her name? Mrs. Pennypack or whatever, the secretary. Then she's flirting with him and pretty much tells him she loves him. And the password is whatever. I think it's I love you or whatever. And then, so anyway. 
that has nothing to do with it. I just mean everything is like referenced, like there's sexual innuendos everywhere. And then, I don't want to give anything away, but in part of this movie, he's got to kind of disguise himself and he finds himself in a prison-like, unbeknownst to the people in there, in a prison-like atmosphere. And the people, and this happens early on, so if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not ruining much, the first 20 minutes maybe, but the, the, the people in there are being like hypnotized into they're eventually going to be like robots for like basically war weaponry, right? Sort of thing, sort of thing. Battle, let's not say war, let's say for what this bad dude is planning. He's going to turn these people basically into hypnotized robots and uh, weapons of destruction. So, loosely. So anyway, he goes there, and lo and behold, there's like 40 or 50 people there, and they're all women, and they're all rockets. I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. Like, And he's like, so he goes in, and as he... You know, he sits down and he's telling stories and these girls are all over him. Like, it's like they're kit, kit, cats in heat, man. It's wild. He goes back, like he breaks into one of their rooms and, and she's like, I could, can't wait to see you, James. And like, they basically bang right away without even talking. Then he goes back into his room and there's a girl after breaking into that one. And then they bang. I'm going, holy fuck. It should just, it should just be called like James Bond fucks Europe and... You know, along the way, there's a few mishaps or confrontations. It's fucking wild, man. Um, and then once this girl is like kind of giving him a hard time and he slaps her across the face, smarten up woman, which was like, I guess I totally accept it. Now it would be domestic violence, um, which, you know, I'm not saying you should be able to smack women across the face. I was just a bit taken aback that it was James Bond, like the hero of the movie, and you're watching it. And sure enough, man, so I was telling the boys, just Ryan McDonald watches a lot of movies. He's like, I haven't seen that one. And I was like, yeah, man. And I haven't really watched many of these 60s James Bonds, so I went and watched a couple more. Last night, what did I watch? Oh, God. I'm, I'm not done yet. It's called, it's Sean Connery, and it's called... Uh, you only, yeah, you only live twice, I think. And, like, it opens. When it opens, there's, like, a little bit of the, the teaser. They're the, kind of what happens. It's in outer space, and they're fucking with satellites and everything. But anyway. And then it, it, as James Bond, his first five seconds on screen, he's already making out with a Chinese girl. And he makes out. He's in bed naked with her. They've obviously just banged. And when he stops making out with her, he says, wow, Chinese women taste different. <laughs> I'm going, holy fuck. Like, <clears throat> now we've added race to it. Oh, man. They're so unintentionally funny. And the thing is, they're good movies. And, you know, like, I hope I hope people don't look at those and get, like, offended. If, if I was to see that that movie say was um, like I said there's a difference if the company pulls it or if it gets banned by like you know some government what's it called the, uh, the SEC if, if they were to do it you know like I believe now on the radio money for nothing chicks were free a dire straight song in the 80s and he says the little faggot with the earring and the makeup yeah buddy that's his own hair like that's 
they I, I believe they we can't use that word anymore on the radio when that song's played on the main air, air streams in Canada. I think that's the case in the states too. I believe, right? Um, any non-private. I'm not sure the le le legislation on it, but I'm pretty sure. I've heard, I know it was a thing maybe 10 years ago in many, many places in North America. Anyway, you that song, they just beep out that word, faggot. And I'm like, I'd rather just tell my daughter that the song came from 1985 when you could say faggot on the air. And I'd also like to add this. Faggot's a word, right? Like, we don't have to agree with it. I, I just that that's the thing. I, I don't it it doesn't have to be a condescending word to gay people. Like I don't know. I used to call people faggots. I, I I didn't know until I got older that fag meant gay. I I like me and my buddies. You know, I'd call them just like I'd call them a dickhead or asshole. I didn't associate it with like a man going down and putting another man's dick in his mouth. I I never. Maybe I was like 15. Maybe maybe it came into play when I went to junior at 14. Maybe. But but it's still a fucking word that people use. Like it's in the it's in the dictionary. Or at least it was. They can't take it out of the dictionary, can they? I mean, it's a word. It's like the word retarded I've talked about. Like retarded is a word, right? Like I get that saying it offends people but you're just going to create another word that's going to offend it like now hockey hockey just gave up trying to name pigeons it, it was midget peewee everything and every banter and now it pisses everybody off so it's just u16 u14 u12 under 10 right like that's and i've often said like but it was midget hockey for years no one thought that it was a bunch of small people out there skating around trying to play in a league you know, words have a couple meanings. You can, hey, come over here, or I'm going to comb my hair. Or now hear this. Like, I don't need to go through every word in the English fucking dictionary that has another meaning. Every synonym, every fucking homonym, right? I'm just saying, retarded is a word, right? I can say the, the, Boy, the uh, what's a good use of it? Like a, a, an operation can be retarded. Um, my, uh, I don't know. Fuck. Let me think. Like it doesn't always mean a kid that took the short bus, right? So we should be able to use the word because it's a word. Um, I, I don't even want to. <laughs> but like you know, the the my, my process of. Studying these lines is retarded. Like my process is retarded. It's I'm not getting what I should. I'm not maximizing my potential. I start doing it and I fucking, I, I, I fall asleep because I'm doing it in my room and I'm comfortable in my bed. This process is retarded. I need to go and do it in the lobby where there's bright light, whatever, right? Um, uh, okay, I just press pause. I wanted to make sure. Yeah, like... Delay or hold back in terms of progress, development, or accomplishment. Our progress, an example, our progress was retarded by unforeseen difficulties, right? That's a word that shouldn't offend anybody. 
But nowadays, the word retarded, you, if it comes out of your mouth, you're like some kind of fucking demon. That's what I mean. Um, anyway, I don't even know how I got on with that with word meanings and stuff. But I just think we're in a weird time for that. Oh, yeah, with, you know, midget and peewee and the things were offended people. Like, you know, so trust me, I get that we live in a society that's more bubble wrapped and everything else. And I know there are all kinds of people, maybe not all kinds of people that are listening to this, because maybe I attract the crowd that might agree with a lot of things I say. That is the nature of otherwise, why the fuck would you be tuning in? I'm sure there's a, there are a small portion of people that fucking hate me that listen to this. And that's their motivation is just that they hate me. Um, most people probably identify or either watch Shorzy or hope that once every 10 minutes, I'm going to say something fairly amusing or entertaining or educational for them. But for the most part, I think, you know, podcast casts generally attract like-minded listeners, consistent listeners anyway. And uh, yeah, I just, I find it all wild. So without judging, just go backwards, watch the James Bond movies. I, it's worth your while just like watch one or two recent because they're great fucking movies. Like uh, most of them, where you know you're in for action and maybe even a little bit of philosophy, right? It's backhanded kind of state. They sneak some philosophy in there, like when it comes to ethics and decisions. And James, you're going to save this bus full of people or you're going to save your girlfriend, you know, clock's ticking kind of thing. I mean, nothing new, but there, you know, I haven't really seen a bad one that I hated. But anyway, it's worth your while to, to go back and uh, check that out. Oilers fans. I missed Monday because I had to uh, play Hitch, obviously, but uh, I know I had a few questions about Dylan Holloway being out. A lot of people said, ah, you know, he's not ready for the NHL anyway. Look, this guy's been injured now two or three years straight. Um, I won't spend all day talking about someone that not a lot of people know, but I identify with that guy a little bit. Left shot, gets up to the NHL, like really, every time he gets into, man, like he's playing really well. I don't think he has a goal this year. But he was playing real, real, real well. Just getting his opportunity. I think I can safely say they relied on him, you know, to go out there. And he was really coming into his own. Started to play with confidence. Now he's out for two or three months. And one question here I got, okay, just says from Hector in Wainwright. Uh, yeah, it just says, what do I think of the Holloway injury? Boy, there's not much to think of it. Looked like he hurt his knee. Lost his... Putting went into the boards pretty heavy. Looked like he hurt his knee. Um, I think it's unfortunate, but shit happens. And I think that today and every other day of the season, somebody's going to do the same thing. So do I feel bad for him? Yeah. I was in that position, and I never put on my skates in the NHL again. So it's hard for me to feel too bad. He's going to come back to the fucking, you know, team underachieving now, but one of the better NHL teams with two of the biggest superstars hockey players on the planet, I'm not going to feel too bad for him. I do think it's a bad break and wish him the best, but I think Dylan Holloway is going to be an NHLer for the next 10 years. Um, just just the way he plays, and um, he can be useful. 
Uh, Terry, why do teams go to Europe from Jim Jim in Arkansas? I'm guessing you mean to play because the Leafs are gone over there now. Uh, who the hell are the Leafs playing over there? Um, I think they're going to Finland or Sweden or one of those places. Um, I I just think to grow the game. I, I if if you're hinting at are there, is there going to be a team over there? I don't know. The NFL seems like it might go that way, which even there seems like a far stretch, but. I don't know. The NFL are going over there an awful lot. I don't know. I can't. I pay attention to most things hockey. I've never heard of anybody talking about expansion to Europe, but it grows the game in the way of there's all kinds of Swedish and Finland's Finnish players. You know, you scratch your back, I scratch, or <laughs> scratch my back, I scratch yours, maybe kind of a thing. Um, it can't hurt the. Awareness of the NHL in those areas. My only thing as a player, I love traveling. I love visiting places. I think I'd look past it, but over maybe as a coach, I'd look at it and go, you know, this is mid-season. Do we really need to do this? Like, it's a long way, right? It's a long way. You could go to a different quote-unquote country, go to Mexico City and play like a couple-hour flight. I don't know. They're going, which is silly, I guess. Yeah, you know. Not much hockey going on there, a little bit, but not much. Uh, yeah, I, I get the reason. I get the reason. I just, to try to wedge it in. I've said from the beginning, I think NHL has too many games for how much wear and tear on the body. Mental and physical, that comes in a year. You know, no out of bounds, going faster than everybody else. Hits, fights, bare knuckles in the face, mental adversity, long games, stoppages of play, actually stop, changing on the floor. Like, there's just... There's things that separate hockey and what it takes to be a hockey player from other sports. And to, add, to, to have 82 games worth of that is a lot. I think if you were just all to start from scratch now, it would be an absurd number to start at. 82 regular season games for games so physical. When we have Olympics and things like that, it's always a battle to like work it in. We, you know, teams have to miss two weeks and, you know, and I get it because you got to wedge all those games in. So like, now you're just doing an un. This is an unforced circumstance. You didn't have to go over there. Now, teams that do, you know, are basically the week leading up and the week after. There's a level of preparation and then come down, you know, just jet lag alone, unfamiliar surroundings. Uh, who gets the home gate? I don't know. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons that I find it a little tricky to get over there during the regular season. And again, if, if I'm a player or I'm a fan, I want that home game in my, my burn. So the reason, my man, is to grow the game. But uh, do I agree with it? As a player, I would want it because I like traveling. I'd look at it from that. I, but I'd have to go, okay. Like, I'd know it wasn't great. Yeah, definitely. I'd know it wasn't a great situation. I'd go, okay. I get to see part of Sweden or Finland or wherever they're going. Bonus. And I'll take advantage of that. But I know that I'm not going to be as mentally and physically prepared as I would be if this game was in Toronto or New York or wherever. And uh, so from a purely playing perspective, I think it will take a little bit of a toll. Could be just a little, little tiny bit of one, but it will have to take a little bit of toll on the players. 
Terry, will the Oilers make the playoffs? Yes, I certainly think they will. Um, I think Jay Woodcroft, I don't think he was doing a terrible job. A few questionable calls, but uh, I think he kind of fell on the sword there. I think defense, goaltending, let them down um, for those games. I hate even to use the word let down, man. Do you think they all... But it is, it is kind of appropriate, but, you know, in other words, they all let each other down. Like, I don't know if Campbell and Skinner let down Woodcroft any more than he, he Woodcroft let down the fans that the forwards let down. You know, it, it was a big letdown. There was nobody out there leading the charge that did unbelievable, that, you know, was the pitcher of success and everybody else let him down. It was a team effort of extreme subpar, less than spectacular, sometimes shitty play. But I think Woodcraft, sometimes like a team wants to shake up, I think it was the easy answer. Um, but, uh, and I wish the best to Chris Knobloch. I, I, I just, I think someone's going to get a great asset in, in, in Woodcroft. If I'm a team out there now that's like on the fence, I'm hiring that guy for sure. Listen to the players talk about him, first of all. Look at his record with the Oilers. The Oilers have been through four coaches or five just since McDavid's been there, right? So maybe it's not always the coaches. And this particular coach was the winningest coach of all of them. And when McDavid got asked about it, the day after he got fired, he said, hey, this took us by surprise. We love the guy. So all I'm saying is that whether you agree or disagree, they did take two fucking too many men penalties one of the last games, like in one period, one of the last games he played. Their new defensive system wasn't – they couldn't adapt to it. So I'm not saying that he was without fault whatsoever. But I also think there's an element of luck. We were talking 10 games, 11 games, and – in five or six of those games, the Oilers had 50 shots. Not 30, not 40, 50. And in like virtually all of them, they had 40-plus. So the bubble was about to burst somehow, right? They were going to explode. And uh, and then, you know, to go out on a win it was weird. Um, but it doesn't surprise me because I understand hockey. But the, the question, your question was, will they make the playoffs? Yeah, I think they would have anyway with Woodcroft. Uh, yeah, it's a hard, long road ahead, but fuck, man. It's, you know, there's, like I just said, there's 82 games in a season, which means they got fucking 70 ahead of them. And they're the Edmonton Oilers. They have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So I don't know if, what they'll do when they get there. There's defensive obvious problems. But you ask me, will they make it, first of all? Yes, they will, I think. And But the other thing is that all these teams are going to have major, there's gonna, they're going to look different. Right, because you're asking me, the playoffs is a long time from now, and leading up to the deadline, teams identify their problems. Certain teams go from buyers to sellers, and and the other way around. Um, you know, I think if and, and that starts to happen pretty early in the next ten or even twenty games for sure, you'll start to see that Calgary Flames. Right, you see, beginning of the year, I don't think you'd think about trading Zadorov for or any of them, really, I thought they were all going to come back and play better. Maybe they still will. But now you're starting to see the little bit of a little bit of a dumpster fire, some of these games, then some of the comments, right? So look for Zadorov to get traded soon. And 
like these are major, major differences. I look at the Boston Bruins have two great goalies. One of them will probably be traded. Goalies are a hot commodity. Maybe they won't, but maybe they will, right? I look at the Oilers there. The Oilers got, if nothing else, they got some assets. They certainly do, right? And uh, that is an interesting look to me, right? They, they would have put together a decent package for a guy like, I don't know, Swayman, right? But there's only so many proven, real consistent goalies out there. And uh, I know you didn't ask me that, but I just think things like there's, these teams are going to look way different. Uh, I just think that a team like Montreal maybe won't look for like you know, them to sell maybe you know some older guys, some guys that maybe have a decent year that are a little bit older. I don't know who's their Monahan, who else is their Matheson, or it's not like they got this team full of wily veterans. But you know that's what happens, guys. And the Oilers by the end of the year will have plucked probably a D man. Depending on injuries now, we got some injuries there. Maybe a depth forward. Gagne looks pretty good since he's gone there. But I would definitely think a goalie. And the great thing about the NHL, and if you want to look at all those games in a positive sense, is that no one needs to make that decision right now. I think Edmonton's goalies, as bad as they've been, they'll be better. They cannot continue to be to put up those numbers. Or not only will they be in the East Coast League, or the miners, they'll be in the coast. Um, so, uh, yeah, I do think they're going to make the playoffs. And I'd love to keep talking, guys, but I got to go right now. We got some on ice stuff. I got to go beat Ted Hitchcock, which is uh, a lot of fun these days, I got to say. And uh, we, we got our on ice stuff now with stunts. Uh, Cam Fergus, Newfoundland senior hockey legend, is uh, doing the stunts up here. And Conception-based CBS fans and Clamville Caribou fans will be uh, happy to know Chris Hewlett, another important in the Newfoundland Senior League. Uh, he's playing a minor role in the show this year. I ran into him outside the trailers a couple days ago, and I couldn't believe it. Gave him a big hug. We uh, we won a championship together, Hewles and I, and uh, hadn't seen him in 10 years. Great fella. If you're downtown St. John's, you want to have a beer. Why not go to George Street, first of all, if you're going to go to George Street? Listen to these places I'm about to name and get your ass there for at least a drink. And if you're not drinking beers, most of these places have at least an appetizer you can have, and they definitely have some good non-alcoholic beverages. They're pillars of the community. They are historic places on a historic street in a historic town in a historic province in a historic country bull and barrel stop in what a great little rock and roll bar you'll have a time great place to go if you just want to unwind and listen to music the martini bar selective it's open selectively mostly at night and it's filled with people who are looking to hook up so if you're out and you want to dance you want to go vibe, you're single, and you want to uh, meet and greet, not a bad place to do it. And if you want to do the exact same thing, but you're uh, just new to the bar scene, being that you're in your early 20s, or uh, something of the sort, 
mid-twenties, whatever. I mean, I still fucking hang out at these places and I'm in my forties, but you know what I'm saying? If you want a little younger crowd, university crowd, maybe come down. Head to TJ's, TJ's Pub, which I helped run with Jeremy Barron for a few years. It was a great time. And uh, I'd also go to Rob Roy Confusion, run by Kevin English. Great guy, local legend. And of course, I'd go to Trinity Pub. Mike, Mike Manning and Bernie Manning, great fellas. And uh, that bar always has some great music and sometimes some uh, other things like good food, appetizers, awesome people, and uh, the odd game of trivia, things like that. And, of course, I couldn't leave out green sleeves. How could I? Right? How could I spend the most time at green sleeves? Benny Barr, over the course of my life. Nice little pub. Not little. But nice pub, well-placed, right in the middle of George Street. Great live music, unbelievable food, and uh, I think the best bang for your buck in Atlantic Canada. And right upstairs from Greensleeves is the loose tie, okay? So a loose tie is a little bit, I'm not going to use the word more formal, but maybe I will. Um, you know, you go down, you want to take your girl out for a nice dinner, you go upstairs to the loose tie. Nice ambient lighting, unbelievable food. The wine list is second to none. Um, you know, it's five-star, and it's a nice place to go out for a night out. And, of course, like I said, usually I like starting there, especially if I'm on a date. You know, take my significant other that night to for a bite to eat upstairs. Usually um, have some wine or whatever, and then head down over the stairs. And you're at Greensleeves with uh, hopefully Dave White. Or Damien Follett, uh, Carl Peters, some of my buddies, Nick Earl, Derek Graham, some of the boys, all those guys you see me post with all the time, sing songs with or whatever. Well, they're all veterans of green sleeves. Chris Ryan. So check it out. And uh, if you're going to go for a bite to eat anywhere else, why not do it at Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or Wedgwood Cafe? If you need to go to Mr. Lube, there's two locations in St. John's, Newfoundland. One's on Torbay Road, one's on Camo Road. Live, laugh, loop. Of course. Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quit. Pitbullpainrelief.com. Check it out. See what all the fuss is about. If you want to change your life for the better, go to Ryan Power at Power Conditioning. Strength and balance for the body and mind on Rope Walk Lane. Check it out now because uh, it's filling up their winter sessions. And, of course, True Hockey. Thank you to True Hockey, Corey Gregory, and everybody there. I love my sticks and gloves for this new show. I really mean that. The, the new sticks are fucking spot on. Check it out. True Hockey, take what's yours. Thanks, folks. This has been 179A of Tales with TR. I'll be back in just a couple of days. And for those paying attention, I'll be on the Jason Greger Show tomorrow. Sports scene, Sports 1440, Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, at the drive for 5 at 3 to 5 or 6 o'clock every Monday and Thursday. So hopefully see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you guys on the rebound. See you soon.